And so I would like for you to look with me in the book of Hebrews. I love to preach out of the book of Hebrews. And uh, in the very first chapter, pardon me, second chapter, <clears throat> we're going to read some scripture there. I am so thrilled that we have been seeing people accept Christ, not only here at church, but in our other ministries coming up. Going to have missions to Mexico, isn't that right? Leave next Sunday. And so, going to be people saved. Going to be people touched and healed, I'm sure. In Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 1. We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip now that is something i want to talk about right now you know when you're when you're building something new which we're going to be doing we're not going to throw out the teachings of the bible because we're building something new we're not going to throw out what we've learned in the past Right now, there seems to be, and I think it's, it's happened over and over throughout history, but right now there seems to be a kind of a movement where it says all the really young ideas and fresh ideas and woke ideas and all the other craziness is what should be in the forefront and what we've learned for the last 234 years needs to be kicked out as a country, as a nation. And young people, kids, let me tell you something. No matter how far advanced science gets, no matter how far advanced our country gets in technology, no matter what, we should never throw out the things that we've learned from this book and from the teachings of Jesus Christ. And that's what that scripture is saying. You know, some I was, you know, when I was younger, a lot younger, like in the Stone Age younger, I was thinking well, all these old old-fashioned ideas, you know, it's time for them to go away. And uh, looking back, I realized that they're not going to go away because they're principles that will stand the test of time. And this is who, this is what we need when it comes to Jesus Christ in our culture today. We don't need to forget what made America great and what made our family strong. Let me tell you about myself a little bit. I don't do this a lot, but I want to do this this morning. I was, I grew up in a preacher's house. He was a great preacher. We had a great church. Uh, my mother made sure we were in church, no matter, you know, no matter what was going on. She made sure we were in church. And I would say that that's the main thing that has helped me in life more than anything is being raised in church. And it was really something every parent ought to be doing nowadays. Even if you think, oh, that church is boring or that's not that my kind of music or, you know, that's all right. We all think that way once in a while, right? We still need to go to church. I think the old devil has played a big trick on America the last two years. And a lot of people are falling for it. And they're thinking that church doesn't matter 
don't really need to be there anymore. The statistics show right now that not just because of COVID, but that church attendance is just dropping like off a cliff in the United States. Now, it's, we've not seen that here. You know, we see up and downs as far as attendance. Let me tell you right now, kids, success is not, mer not measured by how many people are in this room. Success is measured by whether we're serving the Lord or not. Because if we're serving the Lord individually, then we're doing what God wants us to do, and it's up to him to multiply and reap the harvest. And so it's our job to plant the seeds and to be here for people. It's God's job to reap the harvest. But I like that scripture that says, don't forget what you've been taught. It really is still true. You know, there's a lot of really, I don't really you don't want to get into naming all kinds of issues, but there's plenty of really big, big issues right now that seem to be new and fresh and woke and all this nonsense. Did you know they were dealing with all the exact same issues even before the flood of Noah? I mean, they didn't have handheld devices, but they still dealt with the same issues. You know, the wickedness, the evil, the perversion, the... You know, the ungodliness, worshiping other gods, worshiping, following the devil's ways instead of God's ways. This is something human beings have been doing forever. That's why Jesus came to earth. So when I was a little boy, <clears throat> I gave my life to Christ. And did I fully understand it? Well, I probably understood it as good as anybody else does. I mean, can our mind really comprehend what heaven and eternity means? Can our human minds really totally grasp what uh, that even means? I think that we understand the definition of eternity, but I don't think we can really grasp it because our minds are finite and God's, minds, God's mind is infinite. It's uh, something different. So when I was a little boy, God told me he wanted me to do something special and he wanted me to preach and sing. And I did, and it wasn't because I was so wonderful, but because he asked me to do it, and I said yes, he opened the doors and allowed things to happen. And the, fa the fact is, if God asked you or told you to do something, and you know it, your job is to do it. You may think, well, I can't. Yes, you can, because God won't call somebody that he doesn't get ready for the job. He will get you ready as you go. I was about 20 years old when, maybe 21, when they asked me to come here and work in this church. And I didn't really know much about it. But I said yes because I felt like it was that God wanted me to do it. He had told me before. And when I was 14, he called me to preach. So what does that mean? Well, it means that you heard the voice of God, either out loud or in your head, or it was unmistakably God. And he said, I want you to preach the gospel. And so I said yes to that, and he started giving me opportunities to do that. You know, one of the reasons, there's lots and lots of reasons, so please know there's always exceptions to what I'm about to say. But one of the reasons that people have trouble getting to preach the gospel is maybe God didn't really call them to. Maybe there was, 
it was, sometimes, how would you agree as a Christian, you've been a Christian a long time, would you agree that sometimes it's hard to know, it's hard to distinguish between, is this God or is this something I just really want to do? Now, to me, that's one of the hardest things. But when you hear the voice of God, you know it's God, right? And so if you're, have to, if you're really having to question it a lot, it probably isn't. It's probably something you need to keep on praying about. Because when you hear the voice of God in your heart, or maybe you might say in your head, or maybe you even hear, there's people that have heard God speak out loud. I've not heard God speak out loud. But I'll, I've heard, and it sounded like it was out loud. I don't really think it was. You know what I mean? And it was like so clear. I know it was God. Has anybody else experienced that in your life? That you know God spoke to you. Do you remember it? Anybody out there would say, yeah, God spoke to me in the past, and I know it. I know for a fact he did. It was I know it was God. Well, nobody can tell you whether it was or not except for you. But if God speaks to your heart to call you and to do something special in life that you don't really know if you can do it or not, you can. But families in America, families in America need to get back to church. Families in America need to give their children more opportunities to hear from God. One of the best places to hear from God is in a worship service. Praise the Lord. For our God inhabits praise, right? You know what the word inhabits means? It means he shows up. It means he's part of it. And for some reason, Facebook's not working in here on this today. I'm sure there'll probably be headline news on that. We've been trying real hard to stream our service because... We still have several people that are not healthy and can't come to church, and they tell me every week that they watch our services, and that blesses my heart. Kids, listen, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. Do not let your, a teacher or a boss at work or a friend or a professor at college or anybody ever, 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 ever tell you that Jesus Christ is not real and the Bible is not true. Don't listen to that person that tells you that. If somebody tells you that, that is a person you don't ever want to listen to. That is a person that's opinion, whose opinion means nothing. It doesn't matter how many degrees they have in front of their name. You know, anybody can get a degree if they take enough classes, but only one person gets to go to heaven. That's the person that gives their life to Jesus Christ. And the Bible says there will be millions and millions of those in heaven. In fact, lots and lots of people are going to go to heaven because they've given their life to Jesus Christ. You know, that person may not agree with... Uh, person's appearance or we may have all kind I have all different kinds of tastes on on appearances and and food that I like and places to go or I don't like to go or things I like to watch or don't like to watch but I don't expect everybody to line up with my personal likes and dislikes in order to be part of this church or go to heaven and that is not scriptural the bible says remember what you were taught about the scripture and do not forget it don't let it slip past teach your children 
Instead of uh, things that lead them away from God, teach your kids Bible stories when they're little bitty. Start reading the Bible to them. Read Bible stories to them. Sing songs. Teach them Jesus loves me. Or teach them songs that means a lot to you that's about God. It will help them through life. Uh, how many of you remember, maybe, uh, if you can remember this far back when you were teenagers, how many remember that you faced some times that you really needed Jesus' to help? Jesus help? I know I did, <clears throat> and I'm sure glad he was there to help me, aren't you? I also know that I wasn't perfect. I've done plenty of things I shouldn't have done. I look back on my life, and I think, well, I really shouldn't have said that, or I really shouldn't have gone there, or I really shouldn't have done that. But God didn't leave me. Jesus Christ didn't kick me out of the family. He didn't send me to hell over it. You know what he did? He forgave me of it. And he took me by the hand and got me back on track. How about you? Have you ever been a little off track in life? And the Lord helped you get back on track? That's what being a Christian means. It doesn't mean, oh, I'm a church person, so I don't do anything wrong. There's no such thing. People in church do things wrong. We really should try not to. And we want to try to do better tomorrow than we did yesterday. But we don't go to heaven because everybody in our church is perfect. We're not going to get to heaven and Jesus say, Oh, you remember that Union Valley Church? Well, there were some people in there did some bad things. You don't get in. I mean, how stupid is that? When you get to heaven, it's between you and God. It's not about what somebody did or didn't do in your church or whatever or in your family. You know, I think it would be wonderful. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all of us could pay enough money or say enough prayers or do enough things where all of our kids and grandkids would automatically go to heaven? Wouldn't that be phenomenal? You know, if I could absolutely 100% guarantee that all of my kids and grandkids went to heaven, I'd probably sell every single thing I have or do whatever I had to do. I might even start running half marathons with Susie. I would do anything that I had to do, wouldn't you? And so through the years, there's been a few religions that have capitalized on that desire. And they have do certain things, and we guarantee your child will be in heaven. Well, they can't do that. They can't do that. It's only between you and me. Well, I went to church with my mom and dad growing up. That's good, but did you give your life to Jesus Christ yourself? You see, that's why, that's where, of course, church people are welcome here whether you're Baptist or not. It doesn't really matter. You can go to church here. We want everybody that loves Jesus to go to church here. But the Baptist originally started back in the very early days because they believed people should choose to be baptized rather than their parents baptizing them. Not that it's a sin for a parent to baptize a child. That's not a sin. But the child has to choose when they get old enough in order to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's, what, that's why they call us Baptist, because we believe that a, a child or a grown adult has to choose on their own 
that the preacher can't choose it for them, their parents can't choose it for them, but they have to choose to follow the Lord and be baptized. So that's because that's why, that's why he told the Ethiopian, remember that story? The, the Ethiopian said, well, why can't I be baptized? And he said, you have to be, you have to believe first. You have to believe first, and then you can be baptized. And guess what? He received Christ into his heart. He believed Jesus was the Son of God. He said, I'm going to live for Jesus, and so he baptized him. And that baptism does not save you. That baptism is showing that you've already been saved. That baptism is showing the Lord washed me clean. Now I'm going to go be baptized, and that's a symbol of that. And it's obedience. So everyone that accepts Christ needs to be baptized. That's just the way it is. It's, you know, it's not that we have to. It's that we get to. We get to be baptized like Jesus asked us all to do. And pretty soon, you're going to start hearing all over the world, people are going to start putting people down for being baptized and being Christians. It's already happening, isn't it? Right now, we have a lot of people that their Christian beliefs go contrary to government rules. That's happening. Used not to be such a problem in America, but it is now. And it's getting worse. And our Christian Bible beliefs are getting to where they go against government rules. That's a real hard one. And Jesus tried to teach people to be obedient and balance you know, he used example, picked up a coin, said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And that was, a, that was a lesson of balance like your retreat was about. He was saying, in your life, you know, you want to be balanced. You want to honor the law, but you don't want to go against God's law. And so it's hard sometimes, but we can do it. As you grow up, you can raise your kids to know Jesus Christ. Even if the government, which I don't think they will, but even if the government passed a law that said we cannot have church, I mean, they did do that for COVID, didn't they? And a lot of churches said, I'm sorry, we're having church anyway. What our church did is we had a big balcony and we met outside. And that just worked great because people were not around each other too closely and we still got to have church together. But some people just totally close their doors. You know, there's thousands of churches in America right now that have never reopened their doors since that first shutdown. Do you think the devil's happy about that? I think he is too. And that, you know, when our founding fathers uh, built this country, by the way, on a side note, I've, a lot of y'all have been asking for those Patriot Bibles, and I got a bunch more of them if you're wanting one. But it talks about our founding fathers. And when they founded this country, what had happened is in England, the church had made laws. And people had to go by those laws. And the king said you had to be a member of the Church of England if you wanted to go to church. Well, <laughs> you know, that's why our founding fathers came here. In fact, a uh, week before last celebrated the 400th anniversary <clears throat> of the landing of the Mayflower. They had a lot of big festivities in New England because of that. And uh, 
our family just found out recently, I think I've told this a few times, that we're descendants of the leader of the Mayflower's last name was Brewster, and we're direct descendants of that man. And that's interesting. You know what? Maybe he, maybe he's got a family foundation somewhere I don't know about. But, uh, you know, if I get to heaven and I say, well, my great-great-great-great-grandfather founded the Plymouth Colony, Jesus will say, he'll either say one of two things. Come in, you're one of mine, or depart from me. I never knew you. It won't be based on my family heritage. But I am taking a stand in America in 2021 that the government is not going to force me to go against my Christian beliefs. I'm going to stand for it. I'll fight tooth and nail for it. They're not going to take our guns. I might give them some little wimpy gun that doesn't even work when they show up. They're not going to force me to take some type of medicine that I don't want to take. They're not going to make me say that all of these anti-Christian, anti-Bible lifestyles are okay with God. They're not going to do that. I don't hate anybody. I want to lead all of them to Jesus. Amen? We want to lead all of them to Jesus, but they're not going to force me to say the words. Now, I know I'm talking real tough. I don't know how tough I'd talk if I was facing a barrel of a gun. But I'm telling you right now, that's where I stand. And I hope I can stand if it ever comes to that. But it has come to that in many places in the world and even some places in America. Remember the story of Columbine shooting years ago? Some of you kids weren't even born when they came into that school. And they pointed that gun, a, a young man, just one person, it was not the government, it was a criminal, pointed that gun, trying to force people to say they did not believe in Jesus, and they were killing him. He was killing him. And there are several of them that would refuse to say it. That's brave, isn't it? That's brave. I don't know if I can be that brave. I hope I could. I think I can, but when it comes right down to it, I don't know that we could all be that brave. And you know what? Listen to this. The blood of Jesus covers all of our shortcomings. If we do something bad in panic and fear, out of horror and terror, the Lord understands that, and he does not kick us out because of that. That's a fact. I've, I've been through that in my mind a few times. How about you? Somebody might, you know, I've had plenty of, of uh, myself, just plenty of threats on my life the last few years. Basically because of these kind of stands that I take publicly. Well, you know, so what? I don't like it. But have you been through that scenario in your mind? What if somebody came in and tried to make you denounce Jesus Christ? And if you were so scared that you did say whatever they wanted you to say, would you still get to go to heaven? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. You would still get to go to heaven. Now there is going to come a day after the church is gathered out of here, there's going to come a day sometime in the future 
when the devil, Satan himself, is going to set up a government, a world government, and then you're going to have to choose. But I think personally, and I believe it with the Bible in my hand, teaching it for 30-some years, I believe that we're going to be rescued from that. The Bible says, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, there will come a time of trouble that, like there has never been since there was a nation. That's a long time. I mean, since there was one nation, I mean, when people were just small in number, there's going to come a time that is so troublesome, more than there has ever been. That's what we call the Great Tribulation. And the Bible says that Michael, the prince that stands for all the children of thy people, you know who that is? That's me. That's you. You're a child of God. You're a child of the people of God. You're a descendant of Abraham. You are grafted in to God's family through the blood of Jesus. When you got saved, when you got saved and you really meant it with all your heart, the Lord sealed your name in his book. You believe that? Let me come on now. Do you believe your name is sealed in that book? By the blood of Jesus, do you really believe it? If you could look through that book, you would find your name there, and it would be sealed by the blood of Jesus. Why? Because you asked Jesus into your heart, and you really, really meant it. Your mama couldn't do it for you. Your grandma couldn't do it for you. The church can't do it for you. Only you can really mean it and ask the Lord into your heart, and he comes in, and you feel it, and you know it, and no matter what happens in life... Nobody can take your name out of that book. And the Bible says in Daniel chapter 12 verse 1 that there's going to come a time of trouble in the world like there has never been since there was a nation. And Michael, that's the archangel of God, the prince that stands for all of us, the children of thy people, will rescue. Say that with me. Rescue. One more time. Rescue. Everyone written in the book. Now that's me. That's you. The cares of this world, you know, our job, our relationships, our problems, sometimes they overwhelm us to the point that we forget about the main thing. The main thing, we're going to heaven. That's the main thing. It'll be worth it after all. The main thing is we're getting there. Not because we're perfect but because the Lord is perfect, and he never fails to keep his promise. And so my message today is, even though it seems like America is forgetting what they were taught, even though it seems like they're not even teaching the right history anymore, even though they're trying to change the truth to a lie, let's not forget what we were taught by the word of God and by people who love the Lord. Jesus Christ loves you. He lives in your heart. You're saying, Brother Randall, you saying that you can just get saved and do anything you want to and all that? No, I'm not saying. You never heard me say that one time today. But that's what pops into people's minds sometimes. That's not the teaching at all. The teaching is you don't want to. Down deep inside, your want to or changes. Down deep inside, you have a desire to please God more than anything else. Sometimes we slip up. Sometimes we get off track. The Lord doesn't kick us out. He gets us back on track.
That's what the Bible teaches. And here's what's happening right now. The Bible is telling uh, people, I mean, people in America are saying, if you believe the Bible, then you're a bigot and a hater and a white supremacist. Well, I got news for them. All three of those things are lies from the pits of hell. We're not white supremacists. That's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm sick of people saying that. that you know, somebody that says that has like one ounce of brain tissue. And they call us bigots and haters. I'm telling you right now, only idiots would keep repeating that mantra. God thinks a lot higher than that. God looks down and he says, I'm not looking at the color of your skin. I'm looking at the condition of your heart. He says, is your heart turned toward me? Or is your heart turned away from me? And that's a decision only you can make. I love the Lord. He loves me. I disappoint him once in a while. And I feel that. Do you ever feel that? Come on now. Do you ever feel it? I've disappointed the Lord when I said that or did that or, or didn't do that. Well, let me tell you something. When you feel that disappointment, that's a sign that he's in there. If he wasn't with you, you wouldn't feel it. You wouldn't feel it at all. The Holy Spirit ministers to our spirit and says, Now, wait a minute. You're kind of getting out there. You need to get back over here. Now, it does help a lot as kids are being raised if they have a parent that also helps keep them on track. If we kind of overdo it where it's extreme, sometimes it'll drive them away when they leave home. But if we can nurture them and correct them, you know, I was brought up, I was brought up before the word nurture was invented. I was brought up when it was more about a belt. And I think we don't need abuse children, but we do need discipline and correction. And we need some parents that will be parents and not try to be their little kid's best friends. You're not supposed to be an equal with your child. You're supposed to do your job. That's the hardest thing for me, you know. Uh, trying to get on to my kids when I'm really wanting to just laugh so loud, you know, and I'm wanting to just cackle. Now, with grandkids, I do cackle. I try not to do it in front of them. But uh, the grandkids, I think, oh, my son is getting just what he deserves. Oh, I love it. But I also expect him to be the daddy and do his job. Amen? This is what we're lacking in our country. We're forgetting how we got here. And we're not really doing our job as parents. We're trying to make every little thing a child wants. A boy wants to be a girl. Oh, that's so awesome. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. And you need to teach them what's right. Out of love, but firm. You know, what if they identify as something like so undesirable that it'll never function in life. I mean, it's ridiculous where we, I cannot believe sane people are following this stuff. 
but maybe they're not. Or maybe they're just without the Lord, and that's what we need to do. Lead people to the Lord. We don't need to be mean to our kids, but they need discipline. They need to know what's right and what's wrong. Sit down, talk to them. Have consequences to their actions. We don't need to constantly be making excuses for our kids. We need to say, look, it's your job to straighten up. You know, I used to tell my kids sometimes they would have a teacher that maybe the teacher did something that I really didn't agree with at all. Well, I didn't tell the kids that. I didn't say, well, that terrible teacher, they should have never done that to you. I never did that. I said this, well, son, you know what you need to do? When you go through life, you're going to have this boss and that boss and that boss and that boss. You need to learn how to do what your boss wants, even if you think it's ridiculous. Now, don't let them make you do something unethical or illegal or against God. But if it's something that is a judgment call, it's their judgment that counts, not yours. And this is something that's not real popular philosophy right now. But parents, we need to be teaching our kids to mind their teachers. We need to be teaching our kids to mind. And we need not to forget what brought us to where we are now. He said, do not forget these things that you've been taught. What things? That God loves the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, don't get me wrong. If a teacher got way out there, I might go up and talk to him about it and see if I could get it straightened out. And there's nothing thing wrong with that at all. But I'm not going to undermine authority in the minds of my children. We have a whole society of youth and adults that suddenly believe they have no uh, authority to answer to. In fact, they want to totally do away with the police in some cities. That's why the murder rate is skyrocketing. The devil is using every trick he can to destroy the American family, to destroy the church that Jesus built, and to destroy the greatest nation that ever existed on the face of the earth. But he is going to lose. He's going to lose, but not till after a lot of great trouble and trials. It'll be worth it after all. Our ladies could have said, oh, we don't really have a kitchen like we did. We don't have a nice facility. But no, they didn't do that. They had their ladies retreat anyway, got in a gymnasium, decorated some tables because it's not about the walls. It's about your heart. And so I wanted to share a little bit about what I've gone through in my life. Maybe you can relate to some of it. I'm just a man, grew up in a little bitty class of 14 people through school. Little family, we didn't have a lot of money. We're the same as everybody else. But I'll tell you what does make all of us different. We're saved and we're headed to heaven. And the Bible says he wants us to act like it. He wants us to act like it. We don't need to talk like the world with all that filthy language all the time. Did you know that nobody will ever listen to you about Jesus if that F word's coming out of your mouth all the time? They won't listen to you at all. And that's just a fact. If you're going to those bad places and you know you're not supposed to be there, 
Ask the Lord to help you stay away from those places. Lead people to the Lord. I believe this church can grow because I believe there's people in this community. They want their families to learn about Jesus Christ and to have a chance in this world and to head to the next one. Did you know that life after this one is certain? It's not, a, it's not debatable. There is life after this life. And it's up to each one of us to decide where we spend it. Amen? And I'm going to close with another scripture there in Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 3. How many know that salvation of Jesus Christ is great? It's great. It's the greatest thing ever. It lasts forever. It's the only thing that will last forever is our salvation through Jesus Christ. He says this, How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation, which at first was spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? How do people know that salvation is real? Because you tell them. Because you tell them. I got saved and it was real. I got saved and it was real. God lives in my heart. Jesus is God. He lives in my heart. And it's real. Do you know that that's about all you have to say? And people want that. Every human being has something downside inside their heart that wants to touch God. Um, I saw a little clip from somebody. Somebody remembers this man's name. I can't remember his name. But I like those superhero movies. Like the Marvel movies, Marvel comics and all that. I like those. Every time one comes out, I go watch it. And there's always this old man that makes a cameo appearance in it. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I knew you would know. All right, so he's like the creator of Marvel Comics, right? So I saw a little clip with him. And he was talking about dying. Did you see that? So the, the interviewer said, do you believe that there is life after this life? And he said, no. Like, how silly is that? No. But he, then he said something. He said, but I just, I, I have a lot of trouble comprehending not existing forever. That's what he said. I have a lot of trouble comprehending not existing forever. Now, guys, that... The, the trouble, comprehending, non-existing forever is proof that you will exist forever. And that's the connection he hasn't made. I hope, he, I hope everyone 
makes that connection before they die. But the fact that your mind will not allow you to comprehend non-existing forever is because every human brain has the seed of faith in it, the Bible says. Every man is given the seed of faith. The seed of faith is in your brain. It is real. It's down in there some type of little place in your mind. It's not just a thought or an imagination. It is the way your brain is made so that you have a connector. It's like a plug-in. It's like an electric outlet that's in your brain, just ready to plug in to the Holy Spirit of the real, true, living creator of the universe. And without that, there's something missing, and you will never be able to comprehend it until you let Jesus plug into your heart and your mind. Please don't let the world talk you out of believing in Jesus Christ with all your heart and soul and mind because it's the only thing that will last forever.